Get your Bibles open to the middle again. Amen. I got some more stuff I want to uh, talk about tonight about honoring the Lord. Amen. With our, with our things. So let's go to the book of Malachi chapter 3. Amen. How many are in love with the Lord tonight? That's the best thing you can do. Is stay in love with the Lord. Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to go over a couple things I did this morning and I want to give you some other things we didn't get to. Um, amen. Everybody there? Malachi chapter 3. We talked, I'm not going to go to Genesis th th tonight. We talked this morning about the principle of the Garden of Eden and how way back in the beginning God established, and I will just throw this, this idea, idea out we talked about, how everything, the Bible says in Psalms, everything that, everything that uh, we have comes from the Lord. Amen? Everything we have. And we have to understand that. And uh, how many have bills to pay this week? Just making sure. I was just seeing if there's anybody that didn't have bills. I'd like to hang out with you. <laughs> See what that feels like. Amen. Kids want to grow up, and then grown-ups want to become kids again. <laughs> Amen. Kids, kids, yeah, kids eat free, praise God. But it's so funny how life is. We're young, and we was, oh, I want to have this, and I want to have that, and I want to have this, and I want to have that. And then we get it, and then we say, oh, what are we kid again? Oh, I want to be a kid again where I can just go to school. Not have responsibilities, amen. But the bottom line is, everything we do costs money. How many can hear that glorious AC making noise right now? That's money right there. That's money. I hear, I hear money, amen, when I hear that thing moving like that. We got home this afternoon, and it, I'm, I'm thankful we're in spring. And we're having a little bit of spring, it seems like. Hasn't got super hot yet. Well, we got home, and the A.C. wasn't on, and it was about 78 or 79 degrees upstairs. And my wife's like, we need to turn the air on. I said, let's just leave it. Let's just, let's just turn the fans on. Let's just rough it a little bit. Let's wait till we really have to have it on. Amen? How many, how many have ever done that? Let's just rough it. So everything costs money. But God is an awesome provider. Amen? And, and I said this morning, he's not trying to get money from us. He's trying to get money to us. He's trying to bless us. So in the garden, God said, listen, this is this just picture. This is, this is the garden, amen? And he says, everything in this building's yours. You can, the flowers, the plants, the, the chairs, the lights, everything's yours. You can sit where you want, go where you want, do what you want. But he said, that one tree right there in the corner, and I just picked on that one this morning, that's the tree of life. That's the tree of good and evil. Don't touch that right there. That's mine. Amen? How many remember that this morning? That's mine. And so God is a God that says, everything's yours from me. I give it to you. But this, this one thing, don't touch. Tithes and offerings is that thing. And the principle this morning was in the garden. He was telling them, I give you everything, but just don't touch that. And if you'll just leave that alone and leave it to me, then I'll bless everything else that I've given you. Amen. And so let's look at Malachi 3 again. Say amen if you're there. I already asked you, but make sure everybody's there. I want you to look at this in the scriptures. In verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? And a lot of times we say, man, there's no way God, man would rob God. But he says, you have robbed me. And he's not talking to you. He's talking in general. He says, but what do you say we rob you in? And he says, in tithes and offerings. And he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And he gives a scripture that we use, and it's one of the main scriptures that we use for, for giving to the Lord, tithes and offerings, which is, bring all the what? tithes into the storehouse. Remember this morning that we mentioned that uh, offerings are for the house of God as well, but offerings can be given um, to that person in the street. Offerings can be given to a ministry. Offerings can be given to a missionary. Offerings can be given wherever the Lord puts you. But he didn't say, he just said, bring all the tithes. He didn't say and offerings. He said, bring the tithes into the storehouse. Tithes are for the house of God. Tithes are what take care of the church. Amen. And then in our free will offerings, we give to the Lord. And so he says, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord, for I will not open up to you, for if, I, for if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. How many want God's windows of heaven to pour out on you tonight? And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. 
And then he goes on to say, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. That's a promise of God. He says, I will supply all of your needs. And I want to I include in this tonight under, the understanding that when we talk about money or tithes or offerings or things, God is not just talking about just money. Because true prosperity is not just money. Okay, true prosperity, he says in 1 Peter, he says, I wish that you would prosper in all things, in all things, amen, and, but, but, but it has to do with our heart, and he says, as your soul prospers, so when our heart is right with God, and our spirit is in love with the Lord, everything prospers, and so when it comes to, to finances, a lot of times, when we get saved, when we come into church, we can be saved for a long time, and still not maybe have a, the right attitude about money. And we can feel like, man, I, I, I'm going to give because I, I've been told I'm supposed to. I, see, I, I hear these testimonies. Sometimes we hear testimonies we go, man, I haven't tried that tithe thing yet. But I see all these testimonies. I, I think I should try that. That's a good thing, but it still hasn't gotten here. And we joke about the fact that the last thing that gets saved a lot of times in somebody is their wallet. Right? It's like it, and some people may be saved and their wallet's still not saved yet. And they kind of leave it out in the car and say, don't mess with my money. Amen. But when God gets our heart, then he says, I get everything. Right. And so money is a heart issue. But it's to understand that when we honor the Lord with listening to him and obeying him, it's it's prosperity in our minds, prosperity in our physical bodies. It's prosperity in our families. It's prosperity in our prayer life. It's prosperity in everything. He wants to bless us in all these things. But he says, I need something that the Bible says is the root of all evil. If money is the root of all evil, it must be something that can really hold us back. Okay? The love of it. The love of it. Some people say, man, money is the root of... No, the love of money. We have to have money. But I want to teach you tonight in the scriptures, and I mentioned this this morning for anybody that was in Sunday school, anybody that wasn't here. We, we, don't, we don't do this very often, but it, it needs to be taught just like anything else does. My dad takes some, some time at the offering. He shows up, he says a verse, he'll give a story. But sometimes we need an actual teaching to see what the Bible says about giving. Okay? And I gave some really good examples this morning. And by the time we leave, you're going to be blessed tonight. Amen? And we realize that, our, that I want to just throw this out for anybody that wasn't here. I know there's a lot of people working in nursery and different things. Just to, just to put this into perspective, I talked about the average income in the United States uh, being a lot more than anywhere in the world. And so we're already blessed just being in this country. We know that's why many people come to our country to get jobs. Because the average income in the United States is $51,000 a year. $51,000 a year. Now, some of you guys know, I don't make that. I said the average. Okay? A lot of rich people make it really high. A lot of poor people make it really low. But that's the average. Out of 300 million people, the average income is $51,000 a year. That comes out to $140 a day. And, and so for some of us, that's not enough. It's like, man, I don't make enough. We never make enough, right? We never make enough because we spend what we make, right? We, and we're all guilty of that. We spend what we make. And so we, we overexpend ourselves. But I want you to see on a perspective thing today how blessed we are because around the world, we make way more money in the United States than people do in other countries. But let me show you this real quick. The poverty level of the United States is $23,000 a year. So if you make $23,000 or less, you'd be considered in the poverty level in the United States. And of course, if you're like a, a teenager or someone who, you know, that's, that's not having a family, that doesn't, this is a, someone who has a family, usually an average of four people with $23,000 would be considered poverty. Okay? And that right there, $23,000 a year, is still $63 a day. Okay? I'm going to put this into perspective for you. $63, $63 a day. There are many places in the world that don't make $60 in a month. In a month. $2 a day. Think about that. And yet a poverty person in America makes $63 a day. So, so just, to, just to, for you know, just being in the United States, we're blessed already off the bat. Amen. Smile and look at somebody and say, you look pretty and you look handsome tonight. Did y'all say it? All right, you look pretty, baby. World income average, $10,000 a year. 
$10,000 a year, world average income, $27 a day. So I throw that out to realize that we're already blessed just living in the United States. I want to go back this morning, or tonight, sorry, now that we've read what the Bible says in Malachi, to 1 Kings. Because I didn't finish the story this morning. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Swing them pages. I want to tell you tonight that God has miraculous ways to get finances to us. If you're here and you're, you're struggling to find a good job, if you're needing a raise, if you're needing a promotion, get in covenant with God. Get in covenant with God and say, God, I, I, I'm going to trust you to, to take me to the place that you want me to be so that I can be a blessing. Your heart should be that you want to be a blessing. Because a lot of times as human beings, we're takers. And we like to get blessed. And there's nothing wrong with getting blessed. But we should want to be the blessing. It should make us joyful to give. It shouldn't hurt. It should be something that comes out of us. And we're, we look for ways to be a blessing to people. Amen? And so I want to look at 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'm going to read it from the beginning again because I know... Many people didn't see it this morning. Say amen if you're there in verse 8. This is a really powerful story. And before I read this story, I want to remind you that in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, God uses a bunch of examples where he uses supernatural things to, to meet the needs of his people. Remember, remember when Jesus was with Peter and they needed some money and Jesus said, go down and fish. And when you fish, I want you to catch a fish and you're going to find a silver coin in that fish's mouth. That's supernatural. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But if you stop and look at how God has provided for you sometimes over the years, it's that, it's that miraculous. You can say, man, God, you have brought some stuff out of nowhere for me. You have done some amazing things. And then we saw where Elijah was taken care of by the ravens. The ravens brought food to Elijah. Okay? And then now we're going to see in this story, and, and I kind of want to throw this in. Remember when we were talking about the story of Israel, the Six-Day War? And how we, we, that happened 50 years ago, and it actually happened. It really, fit, it really, really, really happened. Like in our day, like in our lives, it really happened. And it, and it kind of made the stories of Gideon and uh, Jericho and all that seem real. Because we think those, we know we believe those stories, but we're kind of like, come on, God, really? 300 men from 32,000? And we believe it, but we still kind of like, really? Jonah was really swallowed by a whale? Really? And we kind of believe it, but not totally. Something's still up there, just not clicking. Well, that same thing can happen when we think about, you know, a raven feeding somebody. Or a coin being in a fish's mouth. But God works that way. And so if we read a story in the Bible, we need to say, if he did it for them, he can do it for me. And God is a God of principles. What I was showing you this morning in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3, mostly 2 and 3, with God was, he was saying, I need you to give to me what is mine and what I've sanctified and what I've laid aside for me. Don't mess with that. Amen. You can do whatever you want with everything else, but what's mine, give to me. And what he says is, how many have ever bought a house, bought a car, did any, have a cell phone? That'll bring most of us in. Okay, Have a contract. When you bought your phone, you made a contract. You signed a contract. You agreed to some terms. When you tithe, you are making a contract with God. And God is making a contract with you. If I told you today that I, I know somebody and I've got his number who would give you a loan for any amount of money you needed with no interest, every single one of you would see me after church. Every, myself included. Okay? I know a person that will give you a loan, any amount you need, no interest. Right now, no, no money down, no nothing. We could buy a house, we could buy a car, we could pay off debt, we could do all kinds of things. I want to tell you something. God is better than that man that I could know. Because he says, I'm, I'm the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. I own all the gold, all the silver, everything in the earth is mine. And I want to do a contract with you. And I want you to sign this contract, and all I'm asking for you, he says, I'm going to give you a job, I'm going to give you income, I'm going to give you a car, I'm going to give you things. All I want you to do is take what you earn and give me 10% back. Okay? And then, here's the cool thing, let's say we were doing that loan, and the guy says, I'm going to give you a loan of $200,000, no interest. You say, yeah, but you're asking 10%. He says, yeah, but the 10% I'm asking you to give back to me, I'm going to put aside for you. Okay, it's not interest. 
When we tithe, we are giving God back his 10%. But God doesn't need any money. We need money. So as a good father, he takes that money, and the Bible says he stores it up in heavenly places where moth and rust can't destroy. Amen? So he puts it aside for you for what? For a rainy day. If, you have, if you've ever tried saving or have savings account, what's that for? For a rainy day. Fridge breaks, things happen, car breaks down, whatever. You go and you pull some money from a side that you've laid aside for a rainy day, for a vacation, whatever. Well, God, when we tithe, he, in, in his side, he takes that, he lays it up for us. And if you've tithed for very long, you've seen that as you tithe, what God does is when a situation comes along and you cannot pay your bills or, or something comes out of the ordinary he goes and he grabs supernaturally and he brings down the provision because you've laid it up for him. Because you've been in contract and, 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 and covenant with God. Amen? Y'all following me? That's what God does. If we don't sign the contract, if we don't give what God asks, if we're not in covenant, we have nothing to draw from when bad things happen. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. When that, when that enemy comes in and tries to steal, God says, uh-uh. You, 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 you can't touch that. That's my child. I'm in covenant with that person. They're tithers. You've probably heard me say before, maybe you've come to me, you've had a situation, you've been down, because we have troubles. And I've, hey, you're a faithful tither. Don't worry. Amen? That's the truth. You can know that as you're tithing, God is going to take care of you, okay? I didn't have any of that planned, but that, the Holy Spirit spoke to that just now. He's laying it aside, okay? But he needs that covenant with you. Let's look at this story. Verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. That's called supernatural provision. A widow to provide for you. Okay? God is not going to use normal things to take care of you. He's going to use supernatural things. Okay? I'm going to provide for you, Elijah, with a widow. And watch, she says he rose. I'm not going to spend as much time this morning on this tonight as I did this morning, but I, I can't miss some things here. He rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. So he goes to this widow. She's gathering sticks. She's going to die, by the way. She hasn't eaten much and doesn't have much to eat. She's probably skinny, dirty, has the apron on, gathering sticks, about to die, and he doesn't say, hey, can I help you? He says, can you give me some water? Sounds crazy, huh? Well, it gets crazier. But what does the next verse say? As she was going to get it, he called her and said, hey, by the way, while you're going to get that water, can you bring me some bread too? Pretty bold, huh? Can you get me a morsel, verse 11, of bread in your hand? So she said, watch this, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar, and see, I'm gathering for a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. How many have ever been at that place and said, God, I don't got nothing to give? I don't have anything to give. God wants to give you seed. God wants to put something in your hand. How many would like to have the attitude in your spirit to say, God, if you'll give it to me, watch this, if you'll give it to me, I'll give it back. Okay? But, but the problem with that is, is we're trying to get the cart before the horse. That's what we say. If I had, we all have the attitude, if I had a lot of money, if I had a lot of money, I would be a giver. That's a lie. Because if you don't give in the little, you won't give a lot. So God tests you with the little first. And he says, if I see that you've been faithful with little, then I'll put you over much. And so he's going to test you first with what he asked for in obedience, which is his, his 10%. I said this morning, just in case anybody doesn't know, tithe means a tenth. It's just that simple. You get $100, 10 of it's God's. One, one dime, one penny's God's. It's not even yours, it's God's. And, and I'm going to have a quick testimony in just a second. We get a little further on this. But I want, to, I want you to listen to this because something clicked this morning in someone's spirit. And I'm glad that it got caught. And it was powerful when I heard it. Let's keep reading for a second, okay? As the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. I'm going to, I'm going to make this last cake and I'm going to die. Elijah, Elijah says, do not fear. And I want you to look at somebody and say, don't fear tonight. Don't 
Amen? Don't fear. Don't fear the economy. Don't fear the bills. Don't fear the problems. Amen? If I had a mirror, I'd look at myself right now and say, don't fear. And do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it after you make the cake for you. Watch this. Go do the cake, but before you make the cake for you and your son for your last meal, make me one first. Tithe is first fruits. Tithe is off the top. If you try to tithe, you get paid and you take your money and you go and you start paying bills first. You're not tithing. Because tithe is first fruits. It's God's. You take it off the top. It's not leftovers. Okay, there's a principle there. Y'all follow me? There's a principle to that. So he's teaching us, and, and I said this this morning. How, much, how many know that in the last few months I've been talking a lot about the Old Testament and seeing the New Testament in the Old Testament? And we mentioned this morning that a lot of people try to teach that, that tithing is not for today. Tithing is not for the church. We, all we do is give offerings and it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not necessary. It's not something we have to do. And that there's no place in the Bible that ever said to stop tithing. Right. No place. Ever. So I don't know where they get that from. It's not biblical. And so we need to understand that God shows these types. And just for anybody that was in Sunday school, I know there's always different people Sunday night than Sunday morning. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Right. But how many believe in the Trinity? We know the Trinity exists. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But you don't see the word Trinity in the Bible. But we know all the way in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, it says, God said, let us make man in our image, plural. And so we see that even though it didn't say, we the Trinity, make man in the Trinity's image, he's talking about the Trinity. So we see in the Old Testament a typology of something that's in the New Testament. And we see right here Elijah teaching the widow, I, first of all, I need you to trust me. Because when we tithe, we trust God. And I'll get to that in a second. And the second thing he wants to show is, is I need you to take care of me first. And some would say, well, God, why do you want me to give you my money first? Because God wants your heart. God doesn't want second on anything. Your time, your love, your commitment, your dedication. If God is not first, the Bible calls it idolatry. And money, if the love of money is the root of all evil, we got to get this money thing taken care of. And we got to make sure that if our money's sanctified, everything else will be sanctified. And I make an effort to make sure that I get my money and I give to him first. Are y'all seeing the principle here? I'm, I'm saying this again, but it's super important, amen? You've got to see this. Elijah said, do not, or go and do as you said, but, just like God said in the garden, everything's yours, but the first is mine, okay? Dylan, share with, share with them real quick what you told me after and what the Lord spoke to you. Listen to this. This is something the Lord spoke to him. No, so uh, this morning, this morning I was standing back here and I was like, all right, great. You know, I, I give my tithe and we, you know, I, I, I give an offering and, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, Lord, speak to me. You know, what, what do we need to do? What do we need to improve? And as he was sharing the story, it clicked. You know, I, I get direct deposit. Maybe a whole bunch of y'all get direct deposit. And I get direct deposit maybe on a Thursday night get up in the morning, swipe my card, get gas or whatever, you know, I can go online, make a bit, pay a bill or whatever the case is in on Sunday or on Wednesday or whenever it is that, you know, service is, I can go to my bank and, you know, get, get money for tithe. And this, the, the sermon this morning hit me this morning as he's reading the story and he talked about, you know, Elijah telling the lady, Hey, before you do that, you go make me, you go make the cake first. Because sometimes, sometimes I don't have, you know, you can have the tithe in the account and go, 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 go. You know, sometimes you might even touch it. You might even touch it and move money from another account and say, hey, you know, I got money. I still got money for tithe. But there was one thing that God was dealing with me this morning was, hey, have you really taken the time that before you do anything else, that you make the tithe special? 
that you make this a special thing, that you say, you know what, before I do anything else, I know it's going to be in my account, thank, thank God, but before you do anything else, can you make it a priority and make it special and say, God, this is the 10% I am giving back to you because it's yours. I thought, I thought that was really, that, that was yes. one thing that homed in for me and yeah. my wife and I had that discussion. We're going to, you know, go back and see, hey, how, how do we do it? How do we make sure that we, we prioritize? I know, you know, thank God money is in there and we have a little bit in savings or whatever, but unless we make that part first, then, you know, that God was dealing with me on that this morning. Amen. Amen. Write down, write down in your notes real quick, just the word principle. Just write that down. Real big. Principle. Why? Because some might say, oh, that's religious. Come on. No, that's principle. Oh, that's, come on, man. I'm going to pay. You can still pay. No, that's, that's obedience. What? Look at the story again. I, w- I want you to go make the cake. And when you make it, first, I want you to make something for me. Please pay attention to this. Listen. This is super important. Super important. Principle. Principle. Obedience. Samuel said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Principle. Okay, the principle is, she could have gone, and here's what we do a lot of times as Christians. We do what God asked, but not exactly how he asked. Okay, we do what he asked, but not exactly how he asked. How many know we do that in life a lot of times? A lot of things. We get it done, but we don't do it how he asked. And what if the real blessing is tied to the real obedience? So she could have gone and said, man, watch this. While, while she's making it, she's probably really hungry. She could have took it a bite. She's still going to give him his food. She, she goes, okay, I got, I got this much. This is going to be for him. Eat a little off of hers. No, the principle is, he said, go make me a cake first. Please follow this. I'm going to show you something very supernatural. Because when we don't listen and we don't obey and we don't do what God asks, we miss out on the future blessing. Okay, because what happened is she obeyed. And, and, and if she would have gone and done it her way, remember when we read Malachi a second ago, he said, you're cursed with the curse. Because what a lot of people do is they take the, 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 the principle and it's very simple. I get $100, tens gods, and we kind of manipulate and we change. And like Dylan said, very good point. We go and do other things and we're still going to pay it, but it's not first anymore. The blessing comes not just from the percentage, but from the first fruit. First fruit. Now I know that, that, that some of you are going, man, I really want you to try it. Why don't you try getting paid and, before, and make a conscious effort that before you do anything else, you get your tithe out. Try it. It's a principle. It's not a doctrine. It's, not a, it's a principle. Because watch what happened. Watch this story. Elijah said, don't fear. Go do what you said. Make me first. Now go on. Verse 14. Read with this. And I'll show you that I'm showing the Bible. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. How many know she went and did what, what, what she was supposed to do? For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour, how many like promises? Shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. He gives a promise. If you will go and make that cake and you will watch this, trust me. God says, if you will give me what's mine first, off the top, I will give you a blessing and I will give you a covenant promise that my blessings will never run dry and that you'll never lack and that you'll never miss a bill and that nothing will ever ever hurt you if you'll just do what I say. And I know I've got some people in here, I could give the microphone tonight, who have lived this over and over and over again. I mentioned this morning how my wife and I lived for, I, I, think, I, I don't know what, if I was right or wrong, between a year and two years uh, on less a month than what we made. And we always had more than enough because of the principle of first fruits. Giving to God what is His. Now watch this, watch what happens. She did it, verse 15, so she went away and did according to what she thought she should do. 
Y'all reading? See, a lot of times we read the Bible and we just, oh, pretty story, neat, yeah, huh? No, what did she do? She did according to the word of Elijah, meaning exactly what he said. I'm going to stay here for a second because we need, we need this to get in. She could have gone, made the cake, gave him a portion. Might say, well, he'd never even known if I, if I gave him what. How does he, he, got what, he got his part. But God sees everything. He knows the intents. He knows our hearts. And he's looking, I, I believe, and I really feel this tonight. And I'm speaking to myself. He's looking for the spirit of excellence and the spirit of obedience. Okay? To do what he said. Well, I, I think ten's too much. I'm going to do eight. I think five's good enough. Don't do what you think. Do what God says. Well, I don't know if ties for today. Do you think you're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, you gave me too much money? What were you thinking? Right? We've talked about that with a lot of stuff. I'd rather get to heaven and God tell me I could have drank a few beers than not. Than say, I can't have you here because you drank. Just an example. I'd rather get to heaven and say, God, you gave me, God said, you gave me way too much. You didn't have to give me 10%. Didn't you know that was Old Testament? Take him and throw him in the pit, man. Go punish him. He gave too much to the kingdom of God. That's impossible. You can't get in trouble for giving too much. I don't know any place in the world you get in trouble for giving too much. You pay a bill that's 50 and you give 100, are they going to come say, you get, hey, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. You're busted. Other way around, hey, your bill was 100. You paid 50. You owe. Hey, you're supposed to tithe. You didn't. You robbed me. That's a scary thing. I'd rather be right than wrong. Don't you think that some of those teachings today are dangerous? I mean, what is the motive behind somebody saying, you don't have to pay tithes, that's Old Testament. What's the motive behind that? Because I understand people think, well, there's manipulation, all that stuff. But nowhere in the Bible, I want, you to, I want someone to show me a scripture where it says we're supposed to stop tithing, where that died. I want to, I want to know where it is. It's not there. It's not there. I want to remind you that when God established something in the Old Testament, unless he deals with it in the New Testament and changes it, it continues. Okay? Y'all understand that? Let me give you an example. The Ten Commandments did not change. He made them better. He said, you sum up the Ten Commandments in that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to kill him. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to commit adultery. If you love your neighbor, if you love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind, you're not going to take his Lord's name in vain. You see what I'm saying? He dealt with that, but he didn't get rid of it. So unless he deals with it, it continues. There's no place in the Old Testament that says that Jesus said, hey, you don't have tithe anymore. Some people say, well, Paul, he mentions offerings and he doesn't mention tithe because it didn't stop. It continued on. Somebody say amen, please. Come on, this is important. Money's important. The principle is, she says here, do what the Lord says. Go back to 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And watch this. And she and her household ate for many days. How much food did she have before she met Elijah? One meal. And it wasn't even enough to keep her alive. I mentioned this this morning at the end, and I'll throw this in for a second. This is good teaching. We talked this morning about how many people are thinking, man, if, if economic tr- struggle comes in, man, I got to save up food. And I gotta, there's nothing wrong with saving. There's nothing wrong with having food in the pantry. There's nothing wrong with having water. But listen, you can only hold food enough for probably 30 days if you're lucky. I'd rather put my faith and trust in God that he's going to provide for me, then put my faith in myself. And this is the principle that the Bible's telling us here. He says, you take care of me first, and I'll feed you for many days. Do you notice that she got fed for many days more than what she had? 
When you get in God's covenant and, and tithe and give to the Lord what's his, things begin to explode and come out of nowhere and things begin, miracles begin to happen that you never could have even thought. Now let me finish this part right here. Verse 16. What did God say in 14? He had a promise. Verse 16 fulfills it. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. God's promises are yes and amen. I want you to write two things down as I close tonight. Two things to write down. Write this verse down real quick. Psalms 35, 27. Don't look at it for time. He says, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Prosperity doesn't mean you drive a Lexus or have a jet. Okay, prosperity is him taking care of your needs and being abundant. And he does want you to have more than enough. Okay, but he meets your needs. Psalm 35, 27, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. People say, oh, I'm take a vow of poverty. I don't see that in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Take a vow of poverty. Be poor. It's not there. Doesn't mean we're supposed to be billionaires either. But whatever I've got, God blesses it. And God will bless you with what he thinks you can handle. Amen? What, two principles. Number one. And, and these are principles. I remember I, re- I told you to write that down when Dylan said that. The principle is go do what he said. Give me first fruits. This is a pr- two principles to have. Supernatural provision. Number one. And they're not going to be like, whoa. Do what God tells you to do. Do what God tells you to do. Do what God tells you to do. Obedience is the key. I said this morning a a thing that is sobering, church. Statistically, 20% of the church tithes. Not ours, just general. 20%. And yet somehow, some way, the church still exists. You know, in the book of Acts, they said they had everything in common. If someone needed something, they'd sell a possession. They, if something, there, was the, there was so much abundance because they were doing what they were supposed to do. If, if the church, and I mean the worldwide church, would do what it's supposed to do in tithe, and it didn't have people that were holding back, the church could take care of everybody's needs. And, and you know what's supposed to happen in, in, in a church body? We're supposed to all tithe and give to the Lord and we're supposed to all do what we're supposed to do. It's supposed to take care of all the bills. It's supposed to take care of the Levite priest, which is what I am. It's supposed to take care of the family that feeds. And beyond that, it's supposed to help the church when they have needs. If somebody in this person place that ran into trouble, listen, don't come running to us. To, I'm just going to throw this out. Don't come running to the church for help if you're not a tither. Don't try to grab from what you don't put into. Amen? Come on, give give the Lord a hand. That's a fact. The church can have money to help everybody. And I'm not saying that that's happened. I'm just saying the principle is I I can come and I can say, man, I I got a bill that needs to be paid. Hey, my light's about to get, because things happen. And the church should have money there to be able to take care of that. If the church was doing what the church is supposed to do. Because it's for the storehouse. Hey, we can take care of that bill. Don't, don't, and and listen, it's it's an amazing, this church is amazing. I'm bragging, I brag on you. This church is amazing. This church is amazing. We're amazing givers. We're faithful. People never come and say, hey, how much come in? But even if you wanted to know, if you don't tithe, you have no business knowing nothing. You tithe, you have all kinds of business. Amen. You can't ask things and people don't. It's been amazing. But I think we, we walk in integrity and this, but I've heard of churches, people come and ask, hey man, what's, what's going in and what's going out? And, well, I'll tell you, but let me see if you tithe first. You can't ask those things if you're not a tither. Y'all following me? It's the principle. It's the principle. And so there's principles in God. And the number one thing is just do what God says to do. If everybody would just do what they're supposed to do, we could do the kingdom of God. Amen. Obedience is the key. And I read that right there. 
Isaiah 119 says, listen, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Ooh, that's a good verse. But notice the first words, if. If you're willing, if you're obedient, you'll eat of the good of the land. Isn't it funny how people always want to come eat of the good of the land, but they don't want to put in? Right? I'm just saying general. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just saying the attitudes that exist. It's funny when people want to pull from the, from the uh, uh, cookie jar and they didn't put no money in, they didn't put no effort into the cookie jar. They weren't even there when the cookies were being baked. Amen? Just put in, do what you're supposed to do, and if you do that, he says, you'll eat of the good of the land. Number two, pretty simple. We're going to close out with this, and this is maybe the most powerful thing I'm going to show you. Honor the Lord and his work. Honor the Lord and His work. Don't ever forget. And I want to say this because this is, a, this is going to tie in real good. Real, real good tonight. I'm going to read a verse in just a second. How many just give me a few more minutes here? I'm going to, I'm going to read something in a second. It's going to be really good, but I want to throw something out. We've talked in the past about how our church, and this, every, every church goes through this, I think, but we go through funks. We go through these phases. People are just in a funk. People are just, ah, I want to go to church. I don't have to go to church. And, and, and listen, sometimes we can look around. I've said this lately. We've added a lot of chairs, so the sanctuary is way bigger. So it seems like the church is way smaller. We really haven't changed. But people are gone. There's certain days that a lot of people are gone in one day, and it's like, wow, where's everybody at? And then we think, wow, they must be backslidden, or, or they, they're, they're, out, they're doing something. They're not here, but they're still in the church. We start thinking things. We all think these things, okay? Don't, I'm going to say what we all think. We all think these things. Where's so-and-so? And where'd they go? And how come they're not here? And we're always looking at everybody else. And I can do that easily as a pastor. I can say, man, lose not. I was telling Dylan this morning, I can look past all of you guys to the seat behind you and God says, they're here. They're all here. Don't focus so much on the ones that aren't here. They're here. I'm here. You're here. We're here. We do that too much. And that's the devil. Okay? But there's an honoring thing of the Lord and His work. We get to a place that we lose the appreciation for who God is. And we... Personally, you and me, me and you, you and her, her and him, all of us personally have to work on our attitude. Because it's a privilege. And it will never stop being a privilege to serve God. Never will it ever stop. I don't care how busy you get, bored you get, tired you get, overwhelmed you get, it will never stop being a privilege to serve God. Ever. It will never stop. Thank you for that clap. Amen. That lonely one, amen? Come on. It will never stop. And you and I have to fight through that flesh that says, I don't want to come to church tonight. I get to come. I've got to keep my relationship fresh with the Lord. I've got to stay fresh myself. I've got to stay in love with the Lord. God, you haven't changed. I, I, because listen, I sense right now, I, I said this to a few people before the service tonight. If you think I hear from God, I sense something I've never seen before. There is a spirit, and I'm not saying in our church, I'm saying in the world, like never before, of the falling away. Like never in my life. I've been saved 23 years now. And I know some of you, you're nodding your heads and you feel it too. There's a falling away. There's I'd rather be doing anything but church. And these are Christians. Okay? There's an attitude that we've got to be really careful with that we don't allow to get sucked into. Because the little, spo- the little foxes spoil the vine. And if I start slowly, I've, I've given you the example a million times, if I start slowly fading away from the, from the coast, that wave starts pulling me out. And I see other people playing in the ocean with me and we're high-fiving and we're, yeah, this is fun. And all of a sudden, I'm way out. And I've lost where I was. There's a falling, or the Bible says in the last days, there'll be a falling away. 
I sense that. Listen, every year there's something there, but like never before I see it. Like never before I feel it on, on, in the air that the devil's just trying to lull us to sleep. And what does Hebrews 10.25 says? It says, forsaking not the assembling together. Okay? But it says, even more so as the day approaches. Instead of being more in love with God, more on fire with God, more committed to church, more tithing, more praying, more fasting, more working, more outreaching, more loving each other, we're going the opposite way. And when I say that, I don't mean you, I just mean in general. And and you make sure you do not allow that spirit to fall on you and pull you away. Amen? Because when Jesus comes back, I want us all to be ready. Amen? I want us all to split the eastern sky wide open. Amen? With our hands up saying, take me, Lord. Dylan, can I share that real quick? Your dream? Not every dream means something, but sometimes you can take even the principle. Okay? Dylan had a dream just a few days ago. And I don't ever dream, so I'm going to use his. (laughs) <laughs> and he had a dream, and I, he, you could share it better, but I, I, I think I remember, okay? He woke up, he heard a noise, sounded like the trumpet of the rapture. And he, and he said, I know this is the rapture, I know that sound. He got up, he got his wife, he got his mom. They went outside. He, knew, he said, it's happening. He was excited, right? He was excited. If, I, if I'm saying anything wrong, tell me. He's excited. He walks out, and he, and he gets out there, and he's seeing these spirits go up. In the rapture. And he says, I started trying to jump. <laughs> I started trying to go. And I'm grabbing Ashley. And, and he said, they stayed. Wow. Now, don't take that as that Ashley and Dylan are living in sin. Because here's how I know that this, is, this was a, an idea, a typology. If his mom didn't go, none of us have any hope. Okay? None of us have any hope. If, if Anna didn't go, none of us have hope. So I said, Dylan, don't worry. Your mama stayed here too. It was just something to tell people about, okay? The rapture is going to happen. But the thing that I want to pull out of this is, church, listen, the rapture is going to happen. And listen, I don't say this in a mean way. It's just a fact. People are going to be left behind. And the ones that are going to be left behind are the ones who've fallen away. I'm not putting a doctrine on that dream. That's a fact. We're in this time, and, and it's, it's the falling away. If the scripture said it would happen, it's going to happen. Why am I saying this with this? Because it's, it ties in. I, my second point is honor the Lord and his work. People died for this gospel. People are dying for this gospel today. God help the United States. In our lazy, hobby-filled, vacationing, excuse-making Live, world we live in that as we're feeling like and I'm not saying this don't take this wrong as condemnation I'm not saying it that way I'm not being condemning at all because we all need vacation we all need rest I said that this morning we need rest I'm not putting works on you I'm just getting you to understand the attitude you got to have you got to make sure the attitude stays right because if the falling away happens and we fall and we fall and we fall we, people are dying for this gospel right now right now as we're having this message people all around the world are dying for their faith their heads are being cut off They're being killed. They're being burned alive. For this faith, Paul died for it. Peter died for it. The disciples died for it. Jesus died for it. Honor the Lord and his work. And one of the biggest ways you can honor it besides working and besides coming and besides serving is with your finances. With your money. Amen. With the first fruits of what God has given you. Let's close in in, in Proverbs chapter 3 if you would. Proverbs chapter 3. This is a good verse to focus on. I'm going to close with this. And as you're getting there, let me read you another verse that you've heard my dad say a bunch of times as you're looking for Proverbs 3. Luke 6, 38. Give and it should be given to you. You have to give to be given. You can't be a taker and expect to get. You have to give to be given. You want to be a getter? Be a giver. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, shaken together, running over, shall men put in your bosom. That means lap. 
That means when you're a sower and you're a giver and you're a tither and you give offerings and you're in covenant with God, that means miracle money can fall in your lap. Things can come out of nowhere. Miracle things can happen. And it's not that you're looking for that. It's just a fact that it happens. God puts things on your lap. He gives you business ideas. He gives you a raise. He gives you a promotion. He gives you some blessing out of nowhere, food, provision. He does that stuff. He says, if you give. Okay? And the last thing is Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with what? With your possessions, with your substance. And what does he say? And the first fruits of what? All your increase. Okay? The first fruits of all your increase. It can't be any clearer. Same thing we said in Malachi. Same thing we read in Genesis. I said this morning, Genesis 14, Genesis 28, before the law, there was a tithe given, a principle made, and he says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You can make that bank account today. You can make it whatever, change the words. But he says that you'll have more than enough if you will give and honor the Lord with the first fruits of your possessions and your increases musicians you can come tonight father we love you we love your work we thank you for the spirit that's in this place right now i know that god some people have received some things tonight go and do what you've told us to do acting in obedience Two powerful things to have the supernatural provision of God. Do what he says to do and honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. As the musicians are coming, as your heads are bowed, I want you to think about that word, honor. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honor, honor, honor. Give him first. Make it, make it real. Make it, make it heartfelt.